Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Okay, how's everybody doing? It's a beautiful day, isn't it? Just it's a love, just beautiful, love it. Got up praising God this morning. I just I read that Bible verse. We're going to read it in a minute. Jesus, full of joy in the Holy Spirit. And I just felt like I was supposed to pray that way, just marching around in my office this morning, study, saying, Lord, give me joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to pray that way. Hey, um, today, right after the third service, there's going to be a taco soup lunch for the college fundraiser. It's a fundraiser for the Tijuana mission trip that's coming up, and uh, Kim and I will be there, and invite anybody that wants to come, and uh, just hang out with uh, probably 80, 100 of your closest friends. Uh, I think that's about how many place seats. We'll see. All right. If you want to open your Bibles to Colossians, that's where we're just going to be kind of jumping off the diving board eventually here, and we're starting a new series today called Pray It In, and just a little background, we really felt like the Lord gave us three kind of banner words as a church. Uh, for the movement, the word is the time is now. But for us as a church here, Antioch, Fort Worth, we felt like the Lord said, start with Jesus, pray it in, live it out in love. And I was going to do all of that in that first series. And then I realized, no, we need to expand this a bit, give it a little bit more breathing room. And so we did that first series, last four weeks, start with Jesus. And I'm even going to talk with Micah or somebody about getting those messages on our website just because they're so foundational for who we are as a people, theology, direction. We start with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and talking about God, and talking about the church, and talking about the Bible and understanding Scripture, uh, how we how we arrive at what we understand about the Bible. It's through the lens of Jesus Christ. And we talk about uh, starting with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and talking about the nations, the city that we live in here, and reaching people around us. And so today, we're starting this next phase uh, series called Pray It In. And it's really a burden down in here in my spirit. I don't know what all is going to come out during these next four weeks, but there is a word in there. This Pray It In word is something that we want to be all about. And uh, it's just, it's huge. Uh, that's how we have gotten to where we're at. There's two realities. One is in the place of prayer, and the other is when it happens. That's how we've lived these last 26 years as a church. And uh, just absolutely huge. What is it? What is pray it in? It's, it's anything that you would righteously ask that God do on planet earth. In your family, in your personal life, you need a breakthrough? Anybody? Just some little thing you're praying about, maybe? Several of us, you know, and, and that's how stuff happens in our personal lives, in our thinking, in our eyes, in our hands, in our what we do, where we go, what we think about, what we meditate on, what we need for breakthroughs in our family, in our school situations, or in our work situations, in the church life here. All of those things are just huge. And this word about pray it in came out of, we had a team leaders meeting for Antioch over in Dubai last November, in November. And Jimmy Seibert, who is the leader of our, the Antioch movement, just was on fire. He gave a series of messages about us being an apostolic people. 
And by that, we just mean we're a boundary-crossing people, a life-giving, reproducing church churches that are going across boundaries to tell the good news about Jesus Christ to people that don't know, to lay foundation. And so he was calling us to be an apostolic people, live an apostolic lifestyle, apostolic forgiveness. That means forgiving everybody that ever hurt us or wounded us, period. Apostolic forgiveness, apostolic uh, sacrifice. I mean, there's a lifestyle that goes with being a people that are making a difference in the world for the gospel. Apostolic prayer. And that's one that just landed with me, I think, is, and is a word for us. I flew back on the plane, had plenty of time to think about it in the London <laughs> airport. They changed our flight, and so we spent 10 hours without access to any lounges or anything and just... You know, where those people sleeping in the chairs. Gosh, those people are tired. That was us. Back to the message. And so I was just thinking, just thinking, just this, this word was just starting to just get in there. Pray it in. And Don Finto, my spiritual dad, one of my spiritual dads, he would always tell me, Jamie said, when God speaks, he doesn't speak English. He speaks spirit down in here. Down in here. And so it's, 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 it's in there. And so I've got this word, pray it in. Now, we're going to try to take four messages to get it out in English so that we can think about this and say, Lord, what are you saying? How do we walk this out? How do we, how do we do this? And there's so much that God is wanting to do in our lives and it happens in the place of prayer. And I just want to call us to that. If you're newer to the church and haven't understood, maybe like, we really, really value prayer. We want to be a people that are praying and interceding and asking God to move in our lives, in our city, in the nation, and in the nations of the earth. And the goal of this series is to catch a vision for why this is so important and to understand that God is just waiting on us to pray. He, he's just waiting on us to pray. He could have already done all this stuff himself, but in a, it's a mystery I don't know any other word to put on it. It's a mystery that God would say, I'm waiting on stuff to happen on the earth until men and women get together and agree in prayer and use the keys to bind stuff and use the keys of the kingdom to lose stuff. And so he wants us praying. Now that's, that's a mystery, but we are a conduit for heaven breaking in on the earth. And that's how we need to understand our prayers. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to unpack that during these next few weeks, but I mean, it's just a, it's a big deal. God wants us praying the prayers of Jesus, the apostolic prayers, praying like the early church. They devoted themselves to prayer. And then stuff happens, hard stuff happens, and they get, oh God, stretch out your hand, heal, perform miracles and signs and wonders. And the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they went out and spoke the Word of God boldly. So God wants us involved in that whole deal, that whole mystery. And it's like prayer, and, and I'm talking about personal prayer, corporate prayer, just all the different contexts that we would pray in. Praying as families for stuff that needs to happen in our family. It's wherever you have a say-so, that's where you want to be praying. Do you have a say-so in a certain area of life? Then for sure you want the authority, the will of heaven breaking in. Not just kind of do, 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 which is kind of stumbling along, bumbling along, and just the greatest hits of what I did five years ago. You know, this is, 
You know, God wants us bringing fresh, piping hot bread of what He's praying into a situation right into the middle of that. You know, like, hey, this is what I was praying about. You don't have to say this is what I was praying, but just bringing what you're praying about in the morning into what you're doing during the day. There's so much more authority. We're going to talk about, I think, authority next week. But there's so much more weight and authority when we pray. Um, it's like the, tra- the, the tracks, laying the tracks of a train so that the train of God's activity can come and run on it. That's what we do when we, when we pray. So Mark and I go pray, and it's like, tink, tink, tink. How do they do tra- train tracks now? I don't... It, Random thoughts, man, wow. So uh, there's this famous intercessor lady, her name is Suzette Haddig. Suzette Haddig. And she was the intercessor for Reinhard Bonnke. He's this famous evangelist, led millions of people to the Lord, literally, in these stadiums all over the world. And she was the prayer, she led the prayer teams before he would go in someplace. And one of the stories that comes out of her prayer training, these 12, met, 12 key messages, is that she was on the Autobahn in Germany and she got off on an exit and, and there was a road that was completely out, had a barricade, but she came right up to it just and almost didn't see it and the road stopped. And as she stopped and parked her car, the Lord said, Suzette, this is like your prayer life. You have so many unfinished roads that you need to build in prayer. You know, like, and it's really true. We do that. We go, oh, Lord, do that. And we build the road about so far. God wants us to build the highway in the place of prayer so that we can see everything that needs to happen in Antioch, Fort Worth, and in the city of Fort Worth, the region, the nation, and the nations. Some of our story, our own story, is that we started with a desire to be the church like we read about in the book of Acts. We said, Lord, can we be that church? Lord, would you do that? And then we really started out of a prayer meeting. There was a bunch of us, we'd gather every Friday night for three or four hours and pray and worship and seek God. And one of the things that happened is out of that prayer experience, we started learning about the power of God, that God, He really does answer prayer. And people, we didn't even have a theology of healing at the time, hadn't thought about it. We weren't, 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 we weren't in environments where that was even something we should expect, but we would pray for people. And then suddenly we started seeing them get better. And over time, we started realizing, oh my goodness, God is answering our prayers. God heals. God delivers. God sets people free. God is answering our prayers. And so all of that just getting started in a prayer meeting. The prayer meeting is where we, we call down wisdom from heaven. It's where we just, Father, release your love. Jesus, release your leadership in our midst. Give us your wisdom for all that needs to happen. We're facing these decisions. We want to see these breakthroughs happen. All of that happens in the power of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Erdard Mukasa is a dear friend. He's now with the Lord. But uh, he just he taught me a bunch about prayer. He's a, from Uganda. And he would say the prayer meeting is the most important meeting of the church. And you can make a case for that because everything that we're doing kind of takes shape in prayer. All the different kinds of prayer meetings that we pray, that we have going around here from 
prayer meeting before Sunday mornings. A lot of what we experience on Sundays is because there's people and they're praying it in. You know, I, I know that I, I need that anointing and that power that comes from people praying for me. You know, and if I'm up here stumbling or something, just don't just go, wow, he's stumbling four this morning. You know, pray for me. <laughs> so it'll be, you know, 6.5 or something at least. I'm kidding. Um, so all of this is a part of God's purpose. And this is uh, a key aspect of what it means to be the church, that we would be people that pray. We are, as the bride, we are training for reigning. When we're praying, we are training for reigning. We're learning how to exercise authority, to pray, God, stop the work of the devil in that person's life. Stop the schemes from being believed in the name of Jesus. Lord, release your victory, release your kingdom, release your power, release your life, release your love in the name of Jesus. That's, that's what we do when we get in there and pray. You know, we're just like, Lord, would you do these things? And ultimately, Jesus says, Revelation 3.15, to the one who overcomes, I'll give the right to sit with me. I mean, it, it just, it's a mind blower that we get to be with him. But then this overcoming thing, the right to sit with me on my throne. It's a blow away. Here's the main thing we're saying today. God's calling us to be a people that know the power of prayer and then do it. That we would do it. We would jump in. So in Colossians, let me just set this up. We're going to talk about Jesus uh, ultimately here. Focus on Jesus. But I want to just, we've been in Colossians, and I thought, let's, let's run off the diving board again from Colossians. Paul is writing this letter to this people. He's in prison at the time in Rome, and he's writing to the Colossians, and he's never met them. So Epaphras is with him there, in, in, uh, at least having access to him in the prison in Rome. And Epaphras is the guy from Colossae that planted the church there. He heard the gospel, and he shared the gospel with them, and a church gets started. And Paul says at the end of Colossians about Epaphras, verse, chapter 4, verse 12, he's one of you. He is a servant of Christ Jesus. He sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God and mature and fully assured. So there is something about us wrestling, us, us learning to, uh, to, to agonize is the, is the Greek word. Uh, but it's, it's, it's learning how to fight. It's learning how to be like kind of athletic about pressing through in the place of prayer. God's calling us to that, that our prayers are powerful and effectual. So he starts this off in Colossians, and really, Colossians is kind of a prayer. It's hard to know when the prayer stops and when the teaching starts. It's just, he's praying. This past week, I was at a little uh, roundtable thing down in uh, down near uh, Brenham, Texas, for some of our pastors, and uh, I, the, so it, uh, they had a fire pit that somebody would get a fire going early each morning and they'd bring it this awesome black nectar in a big canister like this and they called it cowboy coffee and they would hang it on the thing over the fire and it would just kind of bubble and steam and you get a welder's glove and you pour it steaming piping hot stuff into this cup you know and you're just just that morning sarge you know just just awesome it's an old army commercial nobody's gonna remember that one but uh, 
But uh, where am I at? Yeah, just and so so I'm I'm out there with Andrew Zanako from he's the lead pastor from Antioch, Indianapolis, and uh, and so we said I said, hey man, let's do quiet time together this morning. We both got in our coffee. I said, let's pray Colossians one. He goes, oh, that's a great idea. And so for the next hour, we were out there just kind of marching around, praying Ephesians uh, Colossians one. We didn't get all the way through it, but it's awesome. And this is how he starts off. Paul, Apostle of Christ Jesus, the holy people, grace and peace to you. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we've heard about your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true gospel that has come to you. And he just kind of goes on. He keeps praying. He mentions you learned it from Epaphras. And he said, for this reason, verse 9, since the day we heard about you, We've not stopped praying for you. These are apostolic prayers. We'll maybe get to some of these in weeks three and four. <clears throat> but he says, we, we ask God for all of this stuff and that you would know the kingdom and you'd know the Son. And the Son is the image of the invisible God. And he goes on through all of that. He says, I'm laboring for you that what still hasn't been birthed in you is going to be birthed. And ultimately, that you would know this mystery. To the Gentiles, God's chosen to make known this mystery, the glorious riches, verse 27, of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. <clears throat> so what hit me as I'm thinking about this message is we want to look to Jesus. We want, even in our praying, we want to start with Jesus, right? I mean, what a great, you want a theology of prayer? Let's start with Jesus. And because ultimately, everything being made right the hope of glory, things being made right on planet earth, is Christ in you. It's this mutual sharing of the life of God in us, in us together, us realizing and letting that life out. And so, wow, let's learn about the power of prayer in the life of Jesus. Here we go. Number one, and this is really a lifestyle thing. This is a lifestyle. We learn about the power of prayer in the life of Jesus. And Time and place actually matters. Time and place matters. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says that, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So I just want to, even as we're starting this here, let's, let's get a heart for following Jesus. What's Jesus doing? When was the last time you pulled back from stuff, got to a lonely place and prayed? You know, and, and I'm under conviction personally. That's been a, that's been a part of my discipline for many, many years. But just last year, finishing up some writing stuff and we had some pastoral things and just got kind of crazy and hectic. And I started missing those quarterly and monthly pull back to a retreat place to pray, to get still. And it doesn't have to be you leave to go someplace. It could be a Saturday morning where you take three or four hours, but get to a, a place that's quiet. You, it will blow your mind what three hours will do sometimes if you'll just sit still and be with the Lord. It, it doesn't, you don't have to go, you know, to the mountainside, but just pulling back, go to a park, maybe not today, but go to a park and, and just get some time and space with the Lord. Jesus went through to lonely places. Check this one out too. Another part of his lifestyle was before Big decisions and need for wisdom. Jesus is praying. Luke 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. 
and spent the night praying to God. Okay, you think, well, okay, great. There's been times when I've, anybody prayed in the middle of the night about something? You had some big thing happening, you were stressed out about something, you were anxious, right? Praying in the middle of the night. But check this out. Jesus prays this night in prayer, and then comes back in the next morning and he selects the apostles. He chooses who his apostles are going to be. Like, we're still feeling the impact right now, 2,000 years later, from a night of prayer that Jesus spent praying, you know, selecting the apostles, who become part of how the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, is the way uh, Paul says that in, in Ephesians chapter 2. So, <clears throat> big deal, wisdom and decisions. Then we want to be praying there and setting aside special time for prayer. In John 5, verse 19, Jesus basically says that everything that he does, his words, his actions, he says, I do nothing of my own initiative. So that means what you're seeing Jesus do, what you're hearing Jesus say, all of his actions, everything is basically flowing as an expression of prayer and listening and responding to God. Everybody tracking? So that's that's the goal. Nobody does that perfectly, but and, and we'll talk about practice in just a second. Just to take the, there, there's no nobody does this perfectly. It, it's it's a practice thing. It's an experiment thing. So time and place matters. Passion matters. Having some passion. Look to Jesus, and you're going to see passion in prayer. Right. So Garden of Gethsemane. Come and pray with me, disciples. They fall asleep, but he's praying. Luke says, like. Like in sweat, like drops of blood. That's, that's passion. Like, Lord, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You know, and yet there's submission there to the Father. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. Jesus casts out a demon after he comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. The disciples are frustrated. Why couldn't we do that? He said, this one, this kind, again, I don't have them categorized, but this kind only comes out by prayer. So like a, you pull back, and you get some prayer going about something so that you can release the authority of God into that situation. Um, maybe we'll talk more about biographies. One of the things that hit me over, over, in doing this, in preparing for this, was how much I've been impacted by the prayer lives of other people. Like Epaphras, you know, you can learn from Epaphras. Uh, there's C.G. Bevington was this guy back around the turn of the century, the uh, from 18 to 1900s. And... Uh, one time, this book is called Remarkable Miracles, and one time he prayed for eight days to find out whether or not he should pray for somebody's healing or not. So, eight days, prayer and fasting, and God says, yes, pray for them. So he goes and lets the person know and said, I, I'm going to pray for your daughter's healing. And then prays for her, and it was much less time, but she, she was healed. And the point is, Man, there's stuff to learn. Like, there's prayer warriors that have gone before us. Evan Roberts, the Welsh Revival. Uh, uh, Reese Howell's Intercessor. Uh, so I was looking at some of these books. Praying Hyde, this guy that was an India missionary. Just They prayed in so much stuff. Pretty, pretty awesome. So prayer, special prayers. G back to Jesus. G in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 is uh, this is what Jesus' prayers look like. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, He offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears. Okay, so we say, well, man, that sounds emotional. Maybe there's a time for being emotional in prayer. 
for pressing in. Fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. And all I want to say here about passion and prayer is that we've got to, we've got to open our mouths. It just, it's, it's, there's times when you can do think prayers, but think prayers, man, it's so easy to get distracted. Can I get a witness? It's like, you know, so I'm, this is your cloud over, Lord, Lord, I just, I pray for squirrel, squirrel. Lord, I pray for, uh, what about that? Oh, what am I doing later today? Just, it's, it's, that's what's happening when we're doing think prayers. But when we open our mouths, we can't, it's like, we're going to finish a whole lot more prayers that we're praying because we get less distracted and stop thinking and start thinking, thinking about something else. So, big deal. Open your mouth, pray, fervent cries, tears. And now what does Jesus do? Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, He's able to save completely. Isn't that an interesting phrase? That's a whole other sermon. Those who come to God through Him because He always lives to intercede for them. So, Jesus is living to make intercession for all of us. It's great news. Intercession means creating a meeting in prayer between God and somebody else. So, just... Just all around this room, there's all different kinds of situations. Father, would you just meet Tony? Would you meet with him? Bring healing and power in his life in the name of Jesus. That's, that's intercession. That's what intercession is. So that's what Jesus is doing. Passion matters. Promise matters. I'll just one quick word on this. John chapter 14, 13 through 14. Jesus makes a pretty, uh, categorical kind of, kind of promise. Says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it because in answering that prayer, I will bring glory to the Father. So you pray in the, to the Father in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, answering that prayer is going to bring glory to the Father. And that's good. That's a good thing. The prayers of Jesus. Let's move on. We learn about the power of prayer in the lifestyle of Jesus and in the prayers of Jesus. There's just all these prayers in the New Testament. I just picked two short ones. Uh, Luke chapter 10 is one of those uh, short, short prayers. Luke 10, 21. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, and here's the prayer, but full of joy through the Holy Spirit. I like that. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So you've got an example there of just a a great little prayer of just, Father, fill us with joy in the Holy Spirit. Show us how to pray in in the ways that would, would just be in line with your spirit and your life. I praise you, Father. And he goes on and talks about how he's the one that reveals Father, Son, Holy Spirit to us. It's a closed circle, but Jesus, the Father's given it to Jesus to reveal to us. Power. That's a great, powerful little short prayer. John chapter 12 is another example of one. John chapter 12, it's that, it's that little section of scripture where Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground, it can't bear fruit. But when it does, it can bear fruit. And that's what I'm calling you guys to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down my life and I'm calling you to lay down your life so that you can be fruitful in the kingdom. And he says now, verse 27, my soul is troubled and what shall I say? 
Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. What a great short prayer. Then a voice from heaven said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. And the crowd that was there heard it and said it thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. But wouldn't you want to be one of the people that hear that and know that it's the voice of the Father and not just thunder, you know, but that God is speaking. Like Peter and John, they hear the voice on the mountain. And it's not just thunder to them. They hear the Father's voice. This is my Son whom I love with Him. I'm well pleased. Listen to Him. Amen. Yeah. So, so short prayers, training prayers. Everybody, training prayers. So you could do it from Luke. You can do it from <clears throat> you can do it from Matthew, chapter six. This is in the Sermon on the Mount, the model prayer, and it's a a prayer that uh, it's a prayer that that God is inviting us into. And it's not just you pray through it kind of by rote, but you pray, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name," and you pray that. I mean, we've been in prayer meetings where. We, we pray our Father in heaven and never get past that working through, you know, for an hour and a half. You know, pray our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many millions of different ways we can pray that prayer as an expression of God's kingdom coming in and through us. His reign coming in and through us. Give us today our daily bread. Help us to, Lord, the, the needs of our lives to be met in Jesus' name. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us and who, who, where we feel like they owe us something. Again, forgiveness is not optional. We are forgiven unconditionally in Jesus Christ. And we respond to that forgiveness in a life lived in His presence and in His service and in receiving His love and giving that love to others. But we can't receive it if we're going to be the judge of who gets our forgiveness. It just it, it, it stops that flow if we're going to step on the throne instead of God who proclaims forgiveness over us and decide that somebody else, even though we've been given it, somebody else decide we decide somebody else is not worthy of it. That was distracting. <laughs> um, where am I at? Oh yeah, the last one. There is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So the, the idea there is, Lord, these prayers of protection, keep us out of sin. Lord, keep the devil's schemes from working against us. We just proclaim those things. Let them fall to the ground. Let them be ineffectual in our lives. And Lord, release your kingdom victory and life and purpose in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. So wrapping this up here, these three things. What does that mean for us? First of all, when we pray this way, when we get our lives focused on Jesus and start praying like He does, the kinds of prayers He prays, that kind of, that kind of lifestyle, it means intimacy. It means relationship. It means intimacy with the Father. Jesus is coming and showing us how to live. Like, He's really saying, this is what humanity was supposed to look like. And so live this way in dependence on the, on the Father. So intimacy this is huge. The second thing, what it means for us is practicing prayer, practicing prayer. You know, if somebody's standing up here playing a guitar or if somebody's over here leading worship on the keyboards, you know, they have spent years practicing. 
I could, somebody said, come forward and say, will you pray for me to have an anointing to lead worship? Yes, I can pray for you to do that, but you need to practice. You need to do the little stuff over and over and over again so that, because it's one thing to play guitar, it's another thing to throw in, see if I can do this. To throw in some singing with the guitar and have a worshipful heart and then punch some buttons and smile. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. So prayers like that, you don't do it perfect and you grow in the grace of it. We, you don't start off just, you know, you got it all, you got it all down. Oh, stop it. <laughs> he just flashed a 10 up. <laughs> Uh, so, so we practice this. John, uh, George Mueller would say this is experimental communion, what we practice with God. It's experimental. We grow in this grace. And then the last thing is every sphere of our life needs our prayers. Every sphere we have a say-so needs our prayers. So personal life, family, me and Kim, marriage, kids, grandkids, yeah. Um, y'all figure that out. <sighs> Just all these different areas of life, work, the city, what we're wanting to see happen in the city and in the nation, nations of the earth. Um, in the next four weeks, I want to just invite you to a, an extra prayer meeting we're scheduling. This one's on Thursday morning, seven to eight. And then the next three weeks, I'm going to be leading it just Wednesday mornings from 630 to 730. You want to just come and grow in the grace of corporate prayer. Come up with us. Pray with us, you know, if you can, if it fits your schedule to do that. Um, and we're going to just grow during this. We're going to learn to pray it in during this series. You guys stand up and want to take a few minutes. I, we're running a little late here, but just, uh, just want to take a minute or two to pray, just respond to God. Just because this, this message about praying it in is it really invites what is it you need a breakthrough in? What is there, what is there, is there something in your personal life with your family, marriage, kids, healing? It just like, what do you need to pray in? What do you need encouragement to see that it gets prayed in in your life? So Lord, would you just, here we are, God. It, maybe even we need prayer for, for prayer that we would want to pray more and have a desire for that. So Lord, release that in our midst as we just respond to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So you guys, run, run to receiving prayer. I mean, just whatever it is, everybody's got stuff. And if the front fills up, pray for each other out there. Just pray, God, bring breakthrough in my own life, in Jesus' name. And meet me here in this place for the sake of the church and your honor and glory in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys, go for it. Get prayer. What do you need a breakthrough for? Press in in that spot. Front fills up, get prayer with somebody you came with.